This is the Accidental Safety Pro brought to you by Vivid Learning Systems and the Health and Safety Institute. This is episode number 17. My name is Jill James, Vivid's Chief Safety Officer, and today I'm joined by Katie, who is a safety specialist from the greater Milwaukee area and works in the manufacturing industry. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Katie, I am so excited to have you on as a guest uh, because you are very new to safety and very new by way of um, haven't been doing it for that many years, but also you recently completed your master's degree in safety. So congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. Finally done. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, when I say recent, I mean like you just like within days, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, right. Like the, I think the the Friday before Christmas, I got the email that I, I had passed and I was finished. So woo-hoo. yay! congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a big deal. That's it a was, big deal. it was great. Yeah. Well, Katie, um, I'm interested to lead with the question that, that we always ask in the podcast is how did you find yourself interested in safety. And I, I know I've heard a little tiny bit about your story and I can't wait to hear the rest yeah. of it. So share, share, how'd you get into safety? Well, uh, you know, like I had, I had told you when uh, we had our first conversation, you know, I don't think anybody goes to kindergarten and says, this is what I want to be when I grow mm-hmm. up. Um, you know, when I went to kindergarten, all the other kids wanted to be, you know, a firefighter or a princess or a doctor. And I wanted to be a cow cleaner at the Wisconsin <laughs> State Fair. And that, <laughs> that didn't really work out for me. I found out that that wasn't really, you know, the most... Um, desirable career path. Okay, um, Katie, we've, we've got to just, we've just, got, I've got to clarify, like, how did you find out about a job maybe as a cow cleaner? And what did that yeah. mean in your little, in your little girl mind? <laughs> so um, w- when we were growing up, you know, we, uh, I have one brother and we uh, would go to the state fair with, with my mom and dad every year. And you know, when you go through like the livestock barns outside yes. of it, you know, they have like, these people are washing their cows Yes. And I I guess I, I walking through the livestock barns, I thought that looked like the best job. Um because <laughs> I would see people bathing their cows before the cow shows. Uh-huh. And I I guess that was where I got the idea because I hadn't really remembered that I said that until a little later on in my life. And my parents were like, oh, yeah, no, that's not what you wanted to be. You know, you wanted to be a cow cleaner. And I was kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I awesome. got over that pretty quickly, thankfully, uh-huh. uh, I think to my parents' relief. But um, figured you wouldn't necessarily be able to sustain a living and pay the rent. Yeah, I wasn't going to be going to. Simply by washing cows. <laughs> yeah, you know, cow washing does not, you know, on its own, I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pay the, the bills and whatnot. But um, I did right. work in like a horse barn for a while. So, it, mm. you know, it, I did get to try it out. And, you know, I did like yeah. brushing the horses. So it was nice. There is something very therapeutic to working with animals. Absolutely. It is. It mm-hmm. is. Um, but yeah, actually, um, I was thinking a lot about this over, the, you know, over the weekend since we talked about how I got into safety. And it's kind of always been, I think, something that was a very natural progression for me. Um, my, my earliest safety memory is, uh, (laughs) something that is actually kind of special, I think for, um, myself and my brother. Um, when I was seven years old, the, uh, big blue crane collapse occurred at Miller Park. Um, Hmm. you know, three people were killed in that accident and it it was just, it was a huge deal. And the day, I think it was the day afterwards, my, my mom took my brother and I up to the park nearby and we surveyed the scene 
And it was just such a profound moment for me. And I just, I could not believe that had happened. You know, I was, I was pretty little, but it was just like, wow, it was nuts. And, and in the summers, my mom would have us keep journals, uh, just, you know, so we could like remember how to write and whatnot. And I recently found my journal from that summer and I, it, it said a little bit about, you know, how sad that was. And I just said, you know, oh, it was really sad that, you know, people died at this accident and I've, I've never really forgotten it. And I think about that quite often. Um, and I, I didn't know what safety, you know, as a job was at that time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the older I got, I would just think about that every now and then and be like, man, you know, why did that happen? And, you know, how could this have occurred? And, you know, these people are still dead. It's, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. And every time I go to Miller park, that's what I think of. So, Mm, um, yeah, because it's, it's hallowed ground there. It definitely yeah. is. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's just, it was really <laughs> kind of crazy. But um, when I was like a little older, I remember being on like a carnival ride with one of my friends mm-hmm. and I was pointing out how I thought some of the bolts were rusty or how I, I'm not a big thrill ride person. I'm afraid of pretty much everything, scary heights, speed, <laughs> et cetera. Risk adverse. <laughs> Risk adverse. I really like that term. Um, but I, I pointed out all these flaws and my friend goes, you know, someday you should be like a safety inspector because <laughs> you could find these things. And I was like, oh, yeah. And, and she goes, and you'd be the most feared safety inspector. And now looking back, I'm like, that's not really how it should be. But no. <laughs> yeah. it You know, and, and of course, like many people, when I turned, you know, 17, 18 years old, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And um mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I wanted to study ecology because I, hmm. I love it. I think it's so interesting and I really love the outdoors and wildlife. Um, hmm. And I I really wanted to go to school for that, but I'm very bad at chemistry and other math things that you need to be good at science. Mm-hmm. And um, someone that I knew that had studied ecology uh, said to me, you know, it's a great field. And if you have passion for it, you know, you can be very successful. But I would recommend it as either a minor or something. So you mm-hmm. can, you know, have other options. And I was kind of like, oh, OK, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, my my brother actually was a freshman at UW-Whitewater for occupational safety and health. No and way. yeah, so I Two learned, safety people in one family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's kind of the double whammy. <laughs> um, but through that, I, I found out that Whitewater offered a new environmental emphasis that would allow me to take the science classes that I really wanted to take, but still, you know, be in, you know, kind of a, a more active field where I wouldn't have to be outside year round in Wisconsin and, And I could still, you know, I don't want to say have a job at graduation because I don't, I don't really know how that works for ecologists, but I wanted something a little more guaranteed. Um, Mm -hmm. So I entered my freshman year of college as a declared safety major and um, had a few existential crises after that, but I I stayed the course and uh, I got my bachelor's in safety and health and then a few years later, my master's. So that's how I got here. That's a great story, and I'm just thinking about your friend who was kind of calling you out on your expertise and and you know being a predictor of the future. <laughs> when I'm you're a still really pretty young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I said, I was afraid of like everything. So you know, it was. I think it was like the Ferris wheel, or and and I commented on how you know anything that can be taken apart that quickly is probably not that safe or something. And you know, oh, I don't want to ride on this, but I did it anyway, and I survived. So. 
(laughs) Well, I I can tell you a little Ferris wheel story. Um, I I had a, yeah, right. I had a um, coworker in um, one job ago who um, he told, I was asking him, he was um, uh, from South Africa and originally, and I said, how, tell me your story. How did you, how did you get to the United States? And we were both working in the poultry industry at the time. And I said, how did, how did this path happen for you? And he said, I was a Ferris wheel inspector. Really? Yeah. Safety Ferris wheel inspector. And he followed this particular uh, Ferris wheel that set up at different state fairs, like you're talking about where you wanted to be the cow cleaner. And um, (laughs) yeah, right. And so his job was to travel around and inspect them. And when he, when they would get set up, he'd have to ride the Ferris wheel and do his inspection, of course. And so he jumped on it one day and sitting across from him in the Ferris wheel was his future wife. Oh, wow. That's so great. Right. And so there was a there was a romantic story along with the Ferris wheel. In addition to there really are safety inspectors that go with um, the traveling Ferris wheels. So you and I can be we can breathe (laughs) a little bit better uh, about our risk aversion because I share that with you. The Ferris wheel (laughs) is a scary thing. I mean, those seats, they rock and it goes up high. So, yeah, it's a little scary. Yeah, that's very cool, though. Maybe someone listening to this is a, is like a real Ferris wheel inspector and they'll want to be a guest on the on the podcast. So if anybody here is, has that expertise, Katie and I want to hear all about it. I absolutely um, do. I really right. do. So, so Katie, you finished your bachelor's degree. Um, when when you finished that, is that when you kind of dropped into your, your first job as a safety specialist or did yes. you need an internship or yeah, what did that what did that look like for people who are maybe just starting out? Yeah, um, and I can really only speak to, you know, my program, um, but that was a really big draw for me was that uh, to complete my program, I had to complete an internship for, I think, 13 credits. And I don't know if that's still the same credit Mm -hmm. amount, but that's what it was when I was a student. And Mm -hmm. um, so I had my my final semester of school as an intern up in uh, the Fox Valley region of Wisconsin. Um, and I, I loved it. I mean, it was just the best time I, you know, I, I, we, we made, uh, military trucks and so it was just super fun. And, you know, we got to like drive them sometimes. It was just really cool. Um, and I, I graduated and got a job offer from this company on the same Friday. I've never been that productive on a Friday. Since then, that's awesome. But it was a good day. Yeah, that's awesome. Did your did your program help you find that internship, or did you seek yes. it out on your own? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a a result of um, a guest speaker that came to our student safety organization. Wonderful. And I Wonderful. interviewed with him afterwards. So you know, mm-hmm. participate in those kind of things because that's a great way to to seek out opportunities and and network. And you know, even if you don't want the internship, because I mean, my my interview with them was supposed to be a practice. And mm. they sucked me in, you know, I, I, I don't even want to say I drank the Kool-Aid because it was a really wonderful experience. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so did you accept the job? I did. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. very, very fortunate uh, in my early career. And I don't think I know anybody else that has had this opportunity where I was overseen by um, a safety professional who had many years of experience and he supervised me, you know, he, he was there every day and so was I. So I had a lot Mm -hmm. of guidance. And then I also had multiple other safety professionals that I could spend the day with and learn from right in the same 
town company with oh, the company, oh, the same town. With the, okay. yeah, with the company, we had a big mm-hmm. team and it was, you know, so I was able to learn and I was able to, to really get wonderful guidance. So, you know, I would have been kind of silly to not accept the job. Um, and it was, mm-hmm. it was a great ride. Uh, unfortunately the defense industry does have layoffs in it and it, you know, hmm. so I was laid off about like a year or so, like a year and a half afterwards, but that's okay. You know, I have, like I said, I have nothing but wonderful things to say about that time. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, after that, it, it took me quite a bit to find, you know, where I needed to be and where I felt happy in in this field and where I felt like was the right place for me. And um, yeah. I, I really love where I'm at right now. And I, I feel like, you know, this is where I'm, I'm meant to, to do my best. So mm-hmm, it's great. Mm-hmm. So did you, did, did you um, have a couple other stopping points after the defense one to where yeah. you are right now or yeah. Yeah. A few, a few. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, it's, it's funny because um, uh, I was listening to the most recent episode of this podcast uh, on my way home today, and uh, I noticed that um, the gentleman was saying something about how, um, you know, he was, you know, kind of spoiled because he had an opportunity to kind of, you know, like start over and work somewhere where it seemed really easy all of a sudden. And I think he was going from like a, a chemical plant to a, a hydro plant or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, and that, that, yeah, Harold. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's his mm-hmm. name. Thank you. Um, so I, I kind of felt like that at first where I got to join um, a company where I was the only one that did what I did. And looking back, I'm like, that was, that was really stupid. <laughs> um, I was very young. And while I, you know, I have what I call first year safety pro syndrome where, you know, I thought I knew everything <laughs> and I was super smart. Well, yeah. When you have somebody that you can default and ask questions of every day, who can tell you when you're doing something wrong, you know, yeah, you're, job is a lot easier than having to make those decisions and tell people, Wonder you know, if it's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that mm-hmm. was really, really difficult. And I knew it wasn't for me. And then I had another brief stop after that. And that really wasn't for me either. Um, but, uh, where I'm at now, I feel so much better. I'm, I am the only one that does what I do, but I'm okay with that at this point. I've, one of the biggest things that I've learned is that, um, mentors come in all sorts of forms you know they don't have to be a safety professional to mm-hmm. teach you how to be a good employee mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah tell, tell us tell us more about that I, I agree with you 100% um, but tell, tell us more about that especially if someone's just getting started and they're you know looking for those mentors when you say it's not necessarily somebody in safety talk about an experience or what you learned that's valuable yeah um uh, a few years ago in the, the company I worked for, um, I had started out working for one safety manager who is someone I respect very much. He is super funny. You know, we get along really well. We still talk every now and then. Uh, but he left the company to seek a different opportunity. And, um, you know, and he gave me really wonderful advice. He was kind of like, you know, I'm grouchy and I can grumble that, oh, you know, safety's dumb, but that's why I do it because, you know, I want to make sure I do my best so that people don't have to grumble about it and whatnot. And he told me, you know, you, you're too young to have that attitude. Make sure you, you know, stay positive and whatnot. So I was like, oh yeah, great. And, um, after he left, I started working for somebody else and I kind of looked to that person to be my mentor. And that really 
didn't mesh. I, I felt like we didn't have the same values and we didn't practice the same way. And that person didn't really try to get to know me, which was mm-hmm. really frustrating. Um, cause I felt like, you know, they didn't understand me. And, you know, I feel like I'm, I sound like, you know, that every parent's like 16 year old, like, Oh, you don't understand me. And, you know, <laughs> you don't like the things I like, but it was, it was difficult because I, you know, I wanted to be my best for this person. And right. I, I just, I felt like, you know, we weren't really clicking. So I ended up, um, having a mentor in the manufacturing engineering manager at one of my locations. And he Mm. turned out to be a fantastic mentor for me. He would take me aside after meetings and be like, Hey, I know that you're trying to pitch this right now. And I wanted to, you know, give you some feedback. I think that, you know, this maybe, you know, this way of pitching this idea, I don't think that's going to work because of X, Y, Z, but I really, I think it's a great idea. And I think if we tweak that a little bit, we can really get some success. I'd be like, oh yeah, that's great. So, you know, Mm. he helped me a lot to get like, you know, a really expensive order of security cameras, you know, approved and, Mm. and all kinds of, you know, really great things like that. And he's still someone that I, I look to a lot. And, you know, on, on my last day, with that org, you know, I, I sat in his office and I was like, oh, you know, my, my exit interview is coming up and I just, I'm, I'm really glad that you were here for me and you, you know, looked out for me quite a bit. So, and we're mm-hmm. still friends as well. You know, I, I, I talk with him quite a bit still, but that was really when that stood out to me that I, I was able to learn something about my career from someone who didn't talk to me about safety. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he taught you some business skills. He really did. He did. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that was really great for Whitewater is they had a program when I was still in school for my bachelor's degree um, where they set us up with mentors if you were interested. And my mentor was fantastic. We still speak like maybe like once a year, um, but he would really um, talk to me about, you know, what not to, I guess, let me restart. My mentor that I had through Whitewater would talk to me a lot about how not to lose myself in this field. And that was Mm. the best advice I could get. So, Hmm. yeah, what did I think I know what you mean by that? But tell me what it meant to you when you heard that, how not to lose yourself. Yeah, he told me, um, you know, priorities change, but values don't. And that is the most profound advice I think I've gotten in my entire career. And it applies to my life, you know, my work at everything. And he said, you know, your values may not change. Cause I remember he, you know, he asked me something about, you know, what do you care about? I said, Oh, you know, like my family and you know, my dog or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and he said, no, you know, what, what matters in life to you? And I had listed off a few things and he just said, okay, though you need to write those down and you Mm -hmm. should never accept an opportunity that, you know, would challenge those values. You know, for example, Mm -hmm. like if you care a lot about the environment, you should make sure that you don't accept, you know, work with a company that, you know, does fracking or, you Mm -hmm. know, something or something that would be adverse to your beliefs. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, that was beautiful advice. That was beautiful advice. And I, I, um, I've written in about that in a similar um, in a similar way before, and sometimes I call it the line in the sand, and yes. knowing what your line in the sand is, and knowing you know, especially when you're trying 
you know, we don't win everything when it comes to safety, as you probably no, picked up, even though you haven't been in it that long. But we don't. Right. Um, yeah. But and so we know that there's business decisions that have to be made. Sometimes they're shades of gray and it's not black and white and easy. But if you know what your value is, you know what your values are, rather, or you know what that, you know, this won't happen on my watch. Here's my line. Then it makes it easier for you to know when you should dig in and when yeah. you shouldn't. And yeah, yeah. I noticed, mm-hmm. um, I recall from your episode of the accidental safety professional that you had said that, uh, during your time with an organization, you know, that you realized that it was time for you to stop collecting a paycheck because yeah. your beliefs did not align. And that really resounded with me really strongly because, you know, I'm, I'm sure so many people have been there and, you know, it's okay to, to part ways to say, mm-hmm. I, I can't do this anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, and to, after that, you know, don't let it ruin your view of safety. I mean, I've, I've had so many existential crises within my career where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, what am I doing? And, mm-hmm. you know, is this even going to be, you know, worth my time? But, um, you know, never forget why you went into it in the first place and right. you know, what matters to you. Yeah. Right. And it goes back to those values. I recently, um, did an exercise on determining what your two core values are. And you think, two whoa like how do you get your values down to two and it was an exercise I did in a leadership book I just finished um called dare to lead and it's by an author that I really um admire a social scientist named Brene Brown and um and so I went through this exercise and I took I had a team go through this exercise with me a couple of weeks ago too where um, you come up with your two values and my two uh, core values ended up being, um, dignity and perseverance. And I'm like, okay, perseverance, that makes total sense to me. Like I do persevere through things in my life and I could come up with all kinds of personal and professional perseverance stories in my head. And then dignity, I'm like, yeah, that's why I get kind of riled up at certain things. If I feel someone's dignity, whether it's my own, a family members and employees, people aren't being treated the same or fairly, that kind of gets under my skin. And, uh, and, and so since I did that exercise, when I'm really into something, whether I'm thinking this is the best, this is the most fun, I'm so, I'm so dedicated to this, I want to see it done, or, ooh, man, time to dig my heels in, line has been crossed. I look yeah. at it and go, huh, which value is this? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that one. <laughs> oh, I really, I really like that. Yeah. And I, yeah. Any, anyway, so I took a team through it and everybody came up with something different and we shared stories about why did you pick that and what does it mean in your life and how do you live it out in your home life and, um, in your work life. And so it was, I really like that a fun. lot. I'm, I'm definitely going to pocket that idea for later. I've, I've got <laughs> some, uh, some places that we can certainly use that. That's very yeah. cool. Thank you for sharing. Oh yeah, you're welcome. So I'm interested to hear you've been, so you've been a practicing safety professional for how many years now? I am coming up on my sixth year in June, but I still feel like it's only been a year sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like you know, the the line is, you know, hello, my name is Katie. I'm just getting started. Hello, my name yeah. is Jill. I'm just, I mean, that's that's it. That's life. It's always a chapter, chapter next, chapter next. So, at what point did you decide that you're going to go back to grad school, and why did you decide to do that? That's a great question. Um, I decided 
about three months after I got out of school that I wanted to go mm. back to grad school. And um, uh, I think my my big reasoning for it uh, kind of goes back to that saying that, you know, you do your undergrad because you have to, but your graduate mm. work is for yourself because you want mm. to. And I think mm. that's really true. Um, I chose to go back to school because uh, one of my long-term career goals, hopefully all, all things uh, go well, mm. I would love to teach someday. Uh, that's quite a, quite a distance someday. And, you Mm -hmm. know, in order to be a a credible professor, you need to, you know, have, you know, quite a bit of acronyms after your name, if you will. (laughs) And that's felt like the most natural choice for me. Um, in addition to, you know, I, I love to learn and I'm sure, you know, some of my professors are hearing this and they're probably chuckling because they remember how horrible of a student I was at times. Um, I'm not a great student. I'm really bad with due dates when it comes to my homework sometimes because I get really caught up in wanting to find this one answer or overloading (laughs) a certain, you know, topic and whatnot. And I, I, you know, I would have to back up and that was something that I learned in time, thankfully for grad school. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, I, I wanted to learn more and I was looking forward to taking, you know, version 2.0 of my classes from the professors that I so admired. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so it sent you back to, it sent you back to grad school. So uh, how, how, so you've been trying to, you've been successfully doing a job and going to grad school at the same time for anybody who's maybe thinking about that. How did it go for you? And do you have any advice for people who might be in the middle of it or contemplating it? I mean, do it. You know, the only person that can hold you back is yourself. Um, you know, you you have to make the time. You really do. And I I can't I can't really say it was that difficult for me. I mean, it was, I guess, but I don't have children. Um, you know, I'm married, but we don't have kids. So I look at some of my classmates who have kids and a job and, you know, have so much more on their plate and they they made it work very, very well for them. Um, but what I would say is use your calendar, make time for your schoolwork. Um, and, you know, of course, you know, make sure you, you apply, you know, your work to your schooling and your schooling to your work. But, um, hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, if you want it, go get it. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. And so while you were in grad school, uh, were you able to apply what you were just saying? Like, were you sort of using your current job for a test ground to test out new things that you were learning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I have um, a couple examples of, you know, how well it went. I'll, I guess I'll pick like one. Um, sure. I had learned through my job how to do, you know, 5Y analysis. And uh, we were in my system safety class, we were reading, you know, we were having a discussion about how um, a particular accident could have been prevented. And I, I don't remember the exact boat name, but it was like a, a boat that sank in England and they had to, you know, they opened these bay doors to vent out some smoke and the boat got swamped and sank. And mm. I remember being able to use that 5Y tool really was a lot of fun mm-hmm. to, and I felt like, I was like, yes. And I, I got to the conclusion that, you know, well, they shouldn't have to open those doors. Like the smoke is the problem. And my professor was like, there you go. You, you know, you got it. I was like, yes. Um, <laughs> so that was, you know, a little win. It was uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I definitely had, um, a hard time with like, I remember I was very young still. It feels weird to say that. Um, sometimes, but I was like only like a year or two into my career 
and I was taking a class on uh, disaster response and recovery, which mm-hmm. was amazing. I mm-hmm. loved it. And I had to kind of like write a business continuity plan. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't do very well because I was like, oh, my site doesn't really have an emergency response plan that is like really thorough. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, oh, if there's a fire, everybody leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that I struggled a lot with. And looking back, I would have reached out to some of my resources a lot more and I would have asked for help. But yeah. I was, you know, young. And like I said, I thought I knew everything. So I was like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It was not fine. And, and then on the flip side, did having did having the experience you did in the career, you know, the the years of experience you had and the, the fact that you were actively working in the practice, do you think that enriched or helped your pursuit of your master's degree as as well? Absolutely. Compared Absolutely to compared did. to being a, you know, in undergrad. Yeah, absolutely it did because I remember being an undergraduate student and not knowing what the heck we were talking about yeah. sometimes because like many fields I'm sure uh you know in safety we we don't always understand it on paper but in practice it's like oh that makes sense yeah uh so yeah that was kind of you know a lot easier the second time around to Mm -hmm. be able to say oh you know here's my example of this or I can apply that particular tool to this Mm -hmm. it was a lot easier Mm -hmm. and more fun yeah so uh, Katie I'm interested to hear how have you worked on building your street cred (laughs) Um, as a, as someone, as someone new and female in our industry, you know, young rather. Mm -hmm. And yeah. 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 What, what sort of things have you done? Can't believe you did, or, you know, was a, was a great win or something that might plant a seed for someone else? Yeah. It's funny. I was just talking about this with someone today about how, you know, being a female in manufacturing can be kind of weird, but I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of my good friends are boys. So, you know, I was often one of the only women in my, my class at school or, you know, whatever. So I was kind of just used to it. Um, but for me, I think the biggest thing that has really helped me build my credibility is to always be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tried to be other people, you know, mm-hmm. to make, you know, a boss happy or a plant manager happy. And it just, you know, there's never really a role you can play as well as you can play yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that really helps me. And I've had people say to me, um, one of my, my mentors said to me, he was like, you know, you're kind of out there. Like you you can be a little weird sometimes, but it works for you (laughs) and it works for us because you're always yourself and Mm -hmm. you're a real person. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't try and, you know, act like I know things I don't know. I am the first person to say, hey, I really don't know what that, you know, mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Can you, you know, can we go look? Can you, you know, talk me through that a little Tell more? Me that more. seems mm-hmm. to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems mm-hmm. to help a lot because people mm-hmm. see that, you know, I do genuinely care and, and whatnot, but, you know, I, I need them to teach me a little more. And I think that kind of helps because it gives, you know, they see that, you know, I don't care what your job title is. I respect you if you, you know are a respectful person. Right. And I'm, you know, I know that every person has a lesson they can teach me that's and that right. seems to have helped the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're being authentically yourself and that's your value. That's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's great. And you know, so true. Everybody has something to teach us, right? Whether it's, whether it's the a thing that we would never replicate and we go, Oh, I would not do that. Or that is a great tip tool 
you know, learning whatever it is, someone's tribal knowledge that they share with you. And, uh, you know, we kind of file all that stuff away. Yeah. I had a a gentleman stop by recently after a training and it was so fantastic that he did this for me. Um, he's, I think he works in like one of our assembly departments. He's a great guy for listening. Thank Mm you. (laughs) He, uh, he stopped by and he said, you know, I think you're very young, but you're very smart. And he said, but I noticed, he's like, I think you have a nervous tick where you like, like play with your hair a little bit. And I was like, oh, wow. Hey, that must be really <laughs> annoying. And he was like, yeah, a little bit. And I was like, thank you so much for telling me that. I actually really appreciate it. And he was like, I can't tell if you're like saying that because you want me to leave or I'm like, no, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. You know that I'd be a fool not to listen to you because obviously it was memorable and I don't <laughs> want you to just remember that. So, And now, and now I'm very mindful of that, you know, and it's, I'm really glad that he said that to me. So that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I personally try to remember that about my Midwest accent, but it just doesn't work when I'm working on trying oh not to God. accentuate my O's. But <laughs> oh, me too. It, it Both of us being the from time. the Midwest. Yeah. 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 I didn't think that was a thing until I listened to a training I recorded and it was like, oh God, that was painful. <laughs> it was like so Wisconsin. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. so Katie, with, um, with regard to like business acumen, because you started telling us, you were telling a story earlier about the mentor who pulled you aside when you were trying to do an ask for something that you needed to acquire some funds for and get approval for um what are some best practices or things that you've that you've learned or that you'd like to share um you know things that are outside of safety but impact our practice so much yeah I think the biggest thing that I've learned when it comes to you know being good at sales is especially when it comes to safety because there's not always a really obvious return on investment for that um pick battles that are small enough to win, but big enough to matter. Mm, Um, And that I think is, thank you. I wish I came up with that. I don't know who did, but it is so helpful to me. Um, You know, there are battles that are really important to fight. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you have to win something else first. Um, I know uh, recently we had wanted to purchase some fall protection and someone was really frustrated. So like, oh, I tried to do this like three years ago and they said no. And it was like, well, you know, so-and-so is, you know, has just gotten the purchase approved. Like, we should have asked her forever ago because she, you know, was able to get that done. And it's okay if you need someone else to fight the battle for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I accept all the help I'm offered. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, that that helps a lot. But then also I think, um, you know, it's okay if you have to change your mind and say later on – you know, actually I want this or actually this could work instead. I'm, I'm going through some of that right now mm-hmm. um, with a, a learning management system where, you know, it, it isn't necessarily going perhaps as we'd like it to, but my view on it is changing, you know, Hey, it would be really cool if we, instead of buying all these courses, if we made them ourselves, because mm-hmm. we can brand them and we can, you know, have, you know, various, you know, employees from around the company participate. And it's, it's fun when you hear your friend mm-hmm. in your, in your training, it's like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was yes. really specific. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's really good. So you're essentially you're you're talking about triaging. You're you know, like you yes. said, you're trying to figure out what is big enough to matter, but at the same time, you're going to um, you're going you're going to find those. You might change your mind on the on the process, 
because you're yes. learning more as you're as you're moving through it. Yeah, you gather new information and you you change, you know, how you process it or what you do after you've processed it. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think yeah, I mean, I I I remember in the in the beginning I used to want to do everything my way instead of prescribing to, you know, wherever I was at that time and sometimes it's really nice to not be such a control freak and to, Mm -hmm. you know, sit back and say, ah, what you have is fine. You know, if it meets the requirements, it's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not going to force you to change if it's not broken. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and that, that helps a lot for me. Yeah. Pick something somewhere else where you can, you can have a, uh, what did you say? Small enough to win, big enough to matter where you can have a bigger matter. Yeah. Big enough to matter. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's great. That's great. So I'm curious to know since this, um, crane collapse in Miller Park was, was, was so, um, impactful to you when you were little, Mm-hmm. do you have you have you had any opportunities to work with or around cranes in your six years yet not not with those cranes um mm-hmm. my my brother did for a while he um he was in construction safety for quite a few years mm-hmm. um but he you know he decided it really wasn't for him anymore um but uh yeah he actually got to work with the gentleman that was a uh, uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with that whole story, but uh, OSHA was on site the day that happened and took the video mm. of it falling. And my brother has worked a lot with that gentleman. He's he's so wonderfully smart. Um, but, you know, that definitely kind of made me afraid of big, big cranes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we, we talk about it every now and then in our crane training courses that, you know, hey, you you know, if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. Um, so, you know, I kind of refer back to that scenario sometimes, even if I don't mention it, it's definitely on my mind that that's what I'm remembering. How interesting it stayed that close to your family. Oh yeah, definitely. Very. I mean, you know, we're, uh, we're all Milwaukeeans and, and so that was kind of always there. And, um, I, I remember as well, uh, kind of even crazier, um, a company nearby, to that accident had um, a serious explosion when I was in high school and I ended up actually working for that company later and I was able to kind of learn how that affected them and that was really really interesting to see the impact that it had even you know 10-15 years later Mm -hmm. on these people and and really how they you know did safety as well Um, you know it was just it was crazy. So big safety memories for me. Yeah, right. And and really how it how it impacted individual human beings and it seems like that's that's a part of what drives you in your Absolutely career. it does. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all, you know, we all sometimes it gets tiring to say to yourself or to others, you know, I want you to go home the same way you came in. Like I I don't want to say that anymore sometimes. And I'm like, do you like having fingers? Because I do. Or, mm-hmm. you know, what <laughs> do you care most about in your life? Is it, you know, your kids or your grandkids? Like, you know, do it for them or, you know, whatever. But I, I tell people when we talk about um, really serious accidents, I'm like, you know, they got up that morning just like you and I did today and they may have hit snooze on the alarm just like we did. You know, mm-hmm. they packed their lunch just like we did and they, you know, they did all these things. They were real people. And that just, that, that is something that, never is lost on me is that Mm -hmm. these are people with Mm -hmm. real lives and everybody is 
a people with a real life. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely a driving force. Yeah, it is. It is for me as well. So, Katie, I'm interested to know what is what is your favorite piece of safety, or what is your favorite or task? Like, what do you what do you really love doing? Since I mean, I mean, maybe hard to narrow down because our because the scope of our responsibility is quite great. But what's your favorite yeah. thing right now? Um, I I can say my least favorite thing I would say is is ergonomics. I'm really bad at it. Um, I'm good at the problems. I'm just bad at the solutions. Uh, so I like to contract that out. But mm-hmm. um, I think my favorite thing about safety isn't any one individual thing. It's that. I get to be every single thing I ever wanted to be, except for the cow cleaner, um, every day. You <laughs> yeah. know, I get to be, you know, a little bit of a lawyer or a nurse or a teacher or, you An know, Drew. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get to, I don't, it's funny, I don't like doing environmental. I'm really bad at it. I I really wish that I loved it, but it's so hard for me. <laughs> so I'm happy to pass that off to someone else. But those, yeah, I get those to... Those laws are hard. <laughs> they're so confusing. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's tough. But yeah, mm-hmm. I get to do everything I ever wanted to do. I get to, you know, be an investigator and, and play Nancy Drew and, and do all those fun things. And it's... I really love that I can... You know, I'm, I love... I'm one of those people that, like, you know, I get, I get lost when I'm really learning about something. Mm-hmm. I want to learn everything I can possibly know about it. Mm-hmm. I the mean, whole, the I'm whole not, plate of knowledge. Yeah. I click on like the references on Wikipedia all the time. I, I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I really love that aspect of safety, that becoming that subject matter expert, or even, you know, just diving into a problem and, you know, realizing, oh, I have to learn about this before I can fix it. I really love that part of my job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, lifelong learner. It's what's setting you up, Katie, probably to be that um, so. pro- the professor <laughs> that in your your long term goal, your long term so. goal of being Someday. a professor, right? <laughs> yeah, and yes. y- you know, it would. Um, I think I'd I'd like to mention here as well. You know, you and I are talking about your education and safety and and how you've gone about it and what the path has been for you, um, and you've mentioned mentioned your alma mater, the University of Wisconsin Whitewater campus. And um, in episode seven, for anyone who's been following the podcasters just starting, um, we I have a conversation with one of Katie's professors, Dr. Todd Lusheen. And uh, in that episode, Todd really takes a deep dive into how do you educate yourself in safety, whether it's whether it's uh, formal education like Katie's talking about right now, or whether it's how do you self-educate, or maybe it's doing some of the things that you're talking about, Katie, and it's reading and reading and reading and teaching yourself and becoming an expert in a particular area. But episode seven really kind of takes a deep dive on um, different ways that you can educate yourself in safety, whether it's um, with a formal education or outside of that. Oh, yeah. definitely. And yeah. and Dr. Lusheen is like my, he's, he's kind of like my, when I have a really bad day, I'm so excited now that I have this podcast that I can listen to because he is such a motivator for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, on on like my worst days, I remember the time that he told me, he was like, yeah, there were times I thought you were going to fail out, but you did it. And I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, you know, I was, like I said, I was not the greatest student when I was younger, but, um, yeah, you know, he's, he, and he's such a great resource. I mean, I, I know he said, you know, you can reach out to him, but he's so, you know, passionate about education and so helpful mm-hmm. in, in answering those questions. You know, it's, it's great to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great to have a collection of mentors. 
and, and people you can reach out for um, for different pieces of advice and different chapters of your life. Oh, absolutely. I feel very spoiled as well to have kind of grown up in this profession at this time because, hmm. you know, I am, I feel part of, uh, my, my friend Jason and I, uh, he went to Whitewater with me. He and I like to say we're like the new school of hmm. safety where we are fortunate enough that we are really never alone. We have each other and we have, you know, I have other friends that are in safety and, the, you know, it's a very small group because you know you got to be careful what you say to people um you know you don't want to divulge too much to the wrong person or, or what have you but you know those friends that I have in safety are so fantastic for me because you know when you want to talk about it you know like my poor husband I'll come home and be like and this guy was hand polishing on a lathe can you believe it and he's like that's bad, right? Like, yeah, that's bad. But I can text that to my friend, you know, Alicia, who works across the country and she'll, you know, are you kidding me? And what did you do? You know, and I'll be like, oh, do you have ideas about this or whatever? And it's so nice. But we're in that time where we have classmates or coworkers that did this with us and we get to grow up in this field together. And I feel like that's rare, but it's really starting to become more common and I'm so grateful mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Well, you're right. Our practice is, is small. We're a small cohort compared to, you know, other professions like, you know, accountants or something. Oh yeah. And, and, um, it's true. We, many of us do know one another and, mm -hmm. and I, and Katie, I think you're right. Ours is one of those jobs that's a little bit tricky to bring home because people don't understand it. You know, I do the yeah. same thing. I do the same thing with my family. I'm like, uh, how was your day? Well, you know, if I really went into this, you might fall asleep. <laughs> so, so, but I can call one of my friends in safety though. We may not work together and we can talk about it. Like you said, and we can problem solve and you know, same thing happens with me. Um, safety professionals from around the country will say, you know, I'm kind of stumped on this one or I just need somebody to run this by. This is what I'm thinking about doing. Can we talk about it? And it, you know, I think it's really important for our profession that we, that we keep those, um, professional friendships alive Absolutely. because um, we're there to help one another in the end um, because our work isn't proprietary. Oh yeah. And, and it's, I can't tell you how fantastic it is. Um, you know, in, in this part of Wisconsin, especially, I'm not sure how true this is like nationwide. Um, but you know, there, it's a growing field for sure. But in, in Wisconsin, it's kind of like if you didn't go to whitewater for safety, like nobody knows who you are, but like, <laughs> I didn't really realize how, how everybody went there. And so it's kind of like, you know, you really can't burn your bridges and you've, you've got to be careful what you say, but also, you know, usually it seems like if people are still in this field that went to whitewater, you know, it's because they love it. They, you know, mm -hmm. like, and they're good at what they do and they're, mm -hmm. they're good people. You know, you've, mm -hmm. you've got to, you got to keep those communication lines open. And I mean, if someone's already done the work, you know, ask them for help. Like today I asked my friend for a, you know, Hey, could you send me this PowerPoint that you have? Or, mm -hmm. you know, Oh, do you have any, I like a lot of like, I, I like to try to be funny a lot. So I'll like, if I make something safety funny, I'll like send it to, you know, one of my safety friends and it, it can be really nice because they're like the only ones that get the safety joke. And <laughs> it's, it's so nice. I can't tell you how nice it is to, you know, have that network and to, 
and and still to have you know this podcast as well to be mm-hmm. able to hear from these seasoned professionals that I can learn something from every single one of them it's just fantastic time to be in this field especially as a newbie yeah so as we're rounding out our time together today katie uh, is there advice that you have for someone who's maybe just getting going or someone who's sort of at their same career place as you that uh that you'd like to import impart Ooh, that's a big question um <laughs> huh. hmm. i think the 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 biggest piece of advice that i would give myself, especially, I, that's kind of what I look at it as, mm-hmm. uh, don't give up. You know, if this is what you want to do, it, it is not always easy. Sometimes you need to like go to your car and cry or say bad words or something because mm-hmm. it can be really hard, but you know, don't let, you know, a bad incident or, you know, a, a bad, you know, workplace culture you know, really ruin the field for you because you went into this for a reason because you care, Mm -hmm. you know, because you, nobody goes into this because they want the money or because they want, you know, like the street cred, if you will, like everybody groans when they see us coming, nobody (laughs) wants to, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not, it's not like a, a field where it's a thankless field. Let me say that it's a thankless field and you can't let that wear you down. You know, you gotta, you've, if you're, you know, if you love this field, you'll make it work, but don't be afraid to search for those places that make you feel at home and make you feel like, yes, I can do this. And I, I do feel like I'm making a difference because you might not be in that place and that's okay. It's okay Mm -hmm. to walk away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great advice, Katie. Great advice. I hope it made sense. It did. It did. (laughs) It did make sense. And I, I think, I think, I think that's a great place. That's a great place um, to leave it as, as well as, the quotable quote that you said that you can't take credit for, um, fight for things that are small enough to win, but big enough to matter. And yes, pick your battles. uh, Yeah. And to remember to, uh, mine out those mentors wherever they are, whether they're within, within your own workplace or within your own discipline, mentors certainly matter. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today, Katie. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the the opportunity. You're welcome. And thank you all so much for joining in today and listening. And thank you for the work that you do in safety to make sure that people are going home with all of their fingers, as uh, Katie alluded to earlier. And you can listen to all of our episodes at vividlearningsystems.com or subscribe in the podcast player of your choosing. If you have a suggestion for a guest, including if it's yourself, please contact me at social at vividlearningsystems.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.